Hello and welcome to episode 67 of the My Fancy Zamboni podcast. That is following the Phantom episode 66, which did not air um, because, quite frankly, I forgot. So apologies for that. Um, we have some bad news to start with. We're not joining with a full roster today. Um, we have a scratch tonight, and that is Mr. Andy Stafford, who is unfortunately unable to join us. However, we've got Mr. Gareth Dutton and Mr. David Grant here. So, gents, how are we doing? Yeah, I'm pretty good, thanks. How are you? I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. I'm, I'm not liking this like torrential downpour of rain and wind, um, but you're used to that because you're from Manchester. Well, obviously. <laughs> it's, I'm, it's not gonna, favorite I'm not going to lie. <laughs> we're about 40, 45 miles apart. I was in Sheffield to, to where Gref is, but it feels like he is literally a mile away with the weather we've had. It is horrific. However, um, unfortunately, you figure he can't be a mile away because he's got to stay no, in his house. No, that, that would be breaking uh, COVID regulations currently in the Great Manchester area. Um, but uh, all's well here. Um, I hope the pair of you are okay. Good, yes. Yeah. So the first thing we have to start with, before we kick into the actual agenda, is Gref, how, how long have we been telling you you need to move to Sheffield? How long have you known, mate? Too long? <laughs> And before that escalates, we're going to go straight into this. <laughs> um, so we have said on on Twitter and Facebook and the like when we've posted about recording tonight that we've got a bit of a something different tonight, a bit of a surprise, I think I think was phrased. Um, and basically, it's just the way that we intend to go forwards um, because we are conscious that every podcast lasts two and a half hours, and that is not ideal for us or for more than likely people listening. So we're going to stick to a topic uh, and we are going to also introduce some written um, content in the future. So we're going to start doing some blogs as well and things like that. So hopefully um, everybody can enjoy that, that extra content. Um, but today's topic, just like the general news at the moment, is of course COVID. Um, a lot of speculation surrounding whether the season's going to go ahead. Uh, I'll, I'm going to throw it straight in like that, gents. What do we think? Well, it depends what day of the week it is. And I, and I say it in, in, a, in a sense of the advice, the information, everything just changes all the time. You, sometimes you think there's not a, a cat and else chance you're going to get any hockey at all. Then you get some news from certain um, health experts where things are looking promising. And then today you get a little bit of a, a bombshell, especially for Sheffield fans, that the, the Continental Cup is being postponed for the whole season. So not just any of the, the early rounds, it's the whole lot, um, which means no European hockey for the Steelers fans, um, which is a shame. No sandwich platter. No sandwich platter. Um, and I suspect that will also, uh, that that will end up, surely to God, be also with the CHL. I can't mm. see them being able to, to have their season and tournament in the same circumstances, but it makes sense. If we focus on the... Um, it makes sense with all the different countries, all the different regulations, all the different pieces of advice. Um, you know, also, you know, theoretically, the Sheffield team would go there and theoretically may have to come back and go two weeks in quarantine, um, depending upon, you know, um, what straw Boris picks out of a lucky bag, um, not Marks and Spencer's. Um, is that Waitrose, Waitrose. Is it Waitrose? Oh, is that, is that what the, the, it depends what the esteemed um, user in, in London uh, prefers, mate. So we'll go with uh, Waitrose. Um, 
it, it sadly makes sense. Um, there is too much uncertainty um, to hold that competition this year. Um, and I think it then starts to put pressure on the national leagues, where some leagues are going ahead with the seasons with a reduced um, capacity in the arenas. Uh, some are not sure. They're changing the dates like the, the Elite League is. Um, or both leagues, the NIHL is also doing the same thing. Um, and I, I, just put it's, it's, I think it's going to start forcing nations' hands as to what they're going to do, if they're going to do anything at all. Yeah, that, the news of the County Cup being postponed, you kind of uh, uh, games are supposed to be starting within a few weeks or so. The, the first round and it's like I don't even think places that they were supposed to be held I've got actually ice shrinks open possibly have possibly not I'm not too sure I've not actually checked that up but if it's anything like over here we've had what the ice for about a few weeks now from mm. most parts of the, of the UK anyway Aldrigan's still closed but then yeah, it's going to put a lot of pressure on other on teams in the Elite League, teams in the NIHL, and then obviously probably teams in Europe. Because I know for Czech League, from I think it's September 1st, it's 5,000 they're going to allow in, which for some teams that can be a massive drop, some teams can be, that could be just not the right amount of fans for them. I think in Finland it was 500. I've been watching some games on, like, they've been posting it on YouTube and Facebook. And before we joined this, it was Lausanne against a, uh, a lower league team. And I think there was about 20 people there, if that. It's different to watch. It's interesting. Yeah, I think we're in the next... I'll probably say in like the next week or two, we'll probably find out about CHL. And I probably think around that time we'll find out about the Elite League. These are all the, the rumours and, oh yeah, my mate Joe Bloggs from down the road has just been given his two weeks notice or something from a team. It's like, yeah, that's just like going to a pub and saying, Man United are going to sign this player. Who is a Where do you find your sources? Come on now. And not the sources that, obviously, someone likes to try and take to their room in the Cardiff <laughs> hotel. It's true. I mean, this is this is the thing. I mean, it's, it's all speculative in the minute, isn't it? And, and I think there's been a lot of negativity and we, we've talked the whole way through about the... Um, the wonders that are social media. Um, we've had that discussion. We're not going to bark up that tree again. But it, oh, it's having no. Ah. No, we're simply trying to keep this to an hour. We're not. We're <laughs> to go social media is going to be three. Um, okay. But no, you, you see people arguing all the time. You've got one side of people that are the doom and gloom. There's going to be no season. You get the other side of people who can't face the idea of a year without hockey. That are just constant. That just can't open their eyes to any other reality that there may not be a season. 
And I think ultimately the, the, the honest answer is, and it is, as obvious as it is, nobody knows. And I think that the whole issue with the Conti Cup is people are, if you want to read into that of, as to it being a sign of things to come, then by all means. But like Gref said, it, it's not long before the Conti Cup was going to get going. And right now, you know, Tony Smith isn't going to be starting to sort out visas for import players to come over or accommodation or flights or anything because we don't know what's happening. And um, obviously they'll have more of an insight as to what's happening, so they'll have more of an idea. But put it into perspective, just from a Steelers point of view by now, we, we would have had the shirt launch. We'd have more than all, just, just about had the shirt launch. Or was... It would have been around now, yeah. Yeah. So we'd be looking at our first pre-season games. Usually we've even had pre-season games before shirt launch in the past. So we'd be in pre-season right now. And right now we don't even have a full team sign. We don't even have a goalie other than a backup. It, you know, that that's the key thing that I think with the Conti Cup in particular, and like you say, I mean, they, they knocked it on the head in, in the actual release of it, where they actually said, unfortunately, the nature of this tournament involves six different countries hosting and 20 different travelling clubs. That If that doesn't headline exactly the issue, and more so the issue the CHL are going to face, because it's not one country, it's more clubs, you know, they, Cardiff would be travelling to another country. They would be travelling to the UK. You know, if the Conti Cup's going to be a risk of spreading, then what the CHL is going to be ten times worse. Yeah. Sorry, right. I, sorry, go sorry on. Go on. No, no, go on. I was just going to say, in addition to what you were saying about the release and, and the numbers of countries and, and teams hosting, what's kind of snowballed is the the regulations with Iceland, and they was hosting one of the qualifying rounds. Mm. Um, so that's kind of. Um, enhance the speed of the decision being made uh, but like Gref said you know that was started in probably four weeks time so I, what I do like about it is it's gave teams the time to kind of sort themselves out in that respect yeah. um, but I want to pick on a point that you made Joe and I think it's kind of it's becoming a bit of like a society in general point I hate kind of being that person but you've got one side of an opinion you have the other side, and it's been destroyed. I don't know why, but there's no middle ground. And anybody who has that nuanced opinion, and that's a very middle way you can kind of see both sides, for some reason now, either side of the coin just can't comprehend in the minds that there's a bit of both. Yeah. And with and with the scenario of like nobody, and even those at the top level, we're talking at the government level, knows exactly what's going off. For you to stick your colours to the mast and go, that's my, that's my opinion and that's what's happening, this is correct. You can't, logically. And I know many people in hockey don't do logic and, you know, and sometimes we fall into that trap ourselves, but I think it's, it's the middle ground's needed. I think people need to kind of, you know, people do want the hockey back, yeah. twofold, because they have hockey, they love hockey. Heck, we do, that's why we do a podcast about it. And it also brings a bit of normality back to the line. Take it, leave it. <laughs> yeah, I can. Yeah, he says. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it brings a bit of normality back, which for the last six months, five months, which feels like 30 months, if I'm honest, um, normality's just not been there. So anything that brings it back is, is going to be wanted. Um, and it's, it's, it, I think that's what people need to... to especially hockey fans, in the, in the question of will we have a season? I think the, they need to understand. And if I'm, when I say the following, it's for the benefit of them, very quickly, 
that you need to kind of blend both sides of the coin and be prepared for either side. Because as easy as it could be, December time, when they're due to start with the Magic 5 weekend, it's as easy to say, we're going to may delay it even further. There are some rumours going around that some teams have actually said they're happy to have a season of description as late starting as February. So that, you know, will drag opinions on, on either side of it, we'll have it or not. You'll be, that'll be going on for, let's say, June, July, July. Potentially eight months. Eight months of dragging that opinion out. And if you are so embittered and wizened in your opinion, in your side of the coin, you know, you come start season, you're going to be, you're going to be jaded of what, wanting to watch hockey. Yeah. So I think we all want it. We all want it back. We all want to get back to going watching the game. We all want to go back and shout, shoot when a hockey player has a puck because, you know, we all miss that. Um, we all want to hear, you know, teams with drums banging away. We all want to hear people boo and heckle referee because they've touched our own player. We all want that normality of what happens at a hockey match back. We all want it. And the patience game is it's still the one, the same one that's happened since beginning mid-March when it all ended, when we, ha- we knew we had to be patient for it to come back. Yeah, I'm with you. As with obviously, with obviously with hockey, it's, you some people have it as like their get away from everything. So for like those three hours or something, that's your thing. You don't have to think about anything else in life, which it can help a lot, especially with the people you with. But then you're like, would you rather have? three hours of happiness that may involve another two weeks of being off because you've probably caught some like cold you probably caught COVID from someone or would you have to like your health I think everyone would like their health more than just to watch a game I mean thankfully the NHL's on at the moment and they're doing a, a cracking job no I mean comment. yeah no coming from yeah, why not, gents? Why the, not? The NHL's doing a cracking job. Certain teams involved were not doing a cracking job. <laughs> I think before did a better job than Pittsburgh this year. Um... I, you're not wrong. <laughs> what, on the golf course? Yeah. At least they got to warm the golf game up. <laughs> exactly. It's like we've said it previous time, uh, numerous occasions on social media. If you've got an opinion, someone else is going to come along and say, no, that's wrong. It's like, how is it wrong, though? Mm. Where's the middle ground? We all have opinions. As someone, as there is a quote going around about their opinions are like, yeah, this is a, a PG podcast, remember? So I'll say it. Bumholes. Yeah, we all have bumholes. There we go. And I think you just named the episode. Um, <laughs> Why not? No, but you, you've bit the nail on the head. I mean, in fairness, do we want two weeks of hockey to risk another six months of lockdown? No. That, that's, that's ultimately the thing. I mean, and people compare to a number of different things. For a start, they say, oh, the NHL is running without crowds. Why can't we? One big word for that, and it's the same answer to the question that was asked and that we discussed previously, of what do we need to do to compete with teams like Frelunda, which is money. Forces. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, we can't we can't actually play behind closed doors because there'd be nobody to see the enforcers fight. So that's uh, yeah, exactly. Um, money. We, our league can't afford to run without fans putting the money behind the club. And yes, you you could have, you could buy webcasts, but that's not going to generate the same funds as having people in the arena, or at least not guaranteed. And then you've got other clubs that you know maybe don't have the same facilities. And with no disrespect, and we've slated certain webcasts off before, but let's take. I'm sorry, but the only one I can think of is Manchester. No, but it sums it up perfectly. And this is no disrespect, but the the video quality of the Storm webcast in comparison to the Devils webcast or the Belfast webcast. I'm not going to relate it to Sheffield because I'm not. I don't. I'm not being biased in this. I'm just saying that realistically, you take that the poor video quality that you get on certain games. And I don't know, it may, it may be a connection thing, it may be a, an equipment thing, I've no idea. But are people really going to pay every single week, 10, 15 pound at least, for a webcast, for a poor video quality that, you, you know, you can't make out the puck in certain corners and whatever. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Um and, and in particular as well, the lower budget clubs, and I'm not going to name lower budget clubs because it leads into speculation as to who are the higher and who are the lower. And again, I'm not getting into that argument, but the lower budget clubs may not be able to afford, you know, the losses that come at the start of the season. And, and Tony dealt with this in, a, in an article in a, an interview where he, he said playing behind closed doors was a non-starter, but he also highlighted the starting costs alone of the season. You've got visas, you've got flights, you've got accommodation, that's for players and family. You know, you've got people paying season tickets. What happens if a month into the season, all of a sudden, we're in lockdown again? You've got season ticket holders that want the season ticket money back because they're not only missing five home games, they're missing 90% of the season. You've got players that are stranded in the UK that are probably still going to want to be paid because they're over here to work. They've got their accommodation that needs paying for because they're over here to work and they're from the US. It's not going to work, and even the higher budget clubs can't afford to take that kind of hit if we end up in that scenario. Let alone the lower budget clubs. But I, I think I think the key thing, and this is this, I'm going to lead this to the to the all around question, because we've not actually specifically said whether we think there will be or not. But the other thing is to the flip side of the coin, the Conti, and as I say, the Conti Cup to me isn't necessarily a sign of things to come which I may contradict in a moment, but the Connecticut Cup was due to start. It's been a rain. Well, what, what, what was the actual start date for the Connecticut Cup? I can't remember. They pushed it back. I, but... I, think, it, I think it's four weeks. Um, let me just try to get the other dates. Whilst we're, um, 16th of October. 16th of October. But there's a hell of a lot to arrange by that point. Something that's a month and a half away, two months away. And also the fact that it's all been done in Italy with different teams arranging flights, blah, blah, blah. As you're getting closer to that date, teams are going to be wanting to arrange all of that. And then all of a sudden, let's say the UK ends up back on lockdown. We can't go. Then do they play that tournament with one less team? Do they try and find another team? There's too many logistics in relation to that. So put Continental Cup out of your mind for a second on what's going on with that or the CHL or any international competition and just solely focus on domestic it's due to start on the 5th and 6th of December we're still three months away from that and anything can happen in that three months and I've no doubt that teams have been signing players on 
contracts with a clause in to say that if the season doesn't happen, they're not going to have that job or whatever that clause may be. But I'm not, I'm pretty sure most teams will have at least a handful of players signed up to them by now. So that it's not to say that it's impossible. It's not to say that it's not going to happen. There, there is still a lot of time. And I've, I've no doubt that the people that are making the decisions in the league, and I may be made a complete fool, maybe tomorrow, tomorrow at 9 a.m. the league might release that there's no season. But I've no doubt that the people running the league are going to wait as long as physically possible before they make that call. So my question to you, to you two is, do we, flat out, do you think there will be a season in 2020-2021? There's a lot of 20s. 2021, we'll go with that. I'm going to spread the question and make sense. Do I think the, the Elite League, as we know it, will have a season happen? No. Do I think that there will be some arranged season similar to what cricket has done to make something of the year by January time that may be, you know, British led um, to give the world champs on assumption that that will still go ahead to give the players the opportunity to game time to get prepared for that? Yes. But I don't think that will be until January at the earliest, maybe in February. And it may be even some like, you know, small groups of two home or two away with some form of description of, you know, sort of put together just to get something. Um, I think that's what, I think that's the best we can hope for. But do I think the Elite League as it stands with the 14 imports and all that will happen this year? No. I now don't think that will happen. But I think they'll do something and get something. Because I, even if, if by January time you can do a lot more in terms of lockdown restrictions and that, the even the elite league and all its, you know, allegedly <coughs> reincarnations of the devil will not want to leave the national side lift hanging, hung and dry with no preparation opportunity before the world champs. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably, uh, I'm going to be in agreement with Dave there. I don't think it's going to be where we've got like the 40 imports. I mean, I don't think we'll have any imports at all in this, this league for this season. I'm. I don't think it'll start on the 56th. I think that'll get pushed back again. That'll. I'd probably say like mid-January. Yeah. I mean, we've been. The relaxing rules. Over the past well, past couple of months. And then you've seen. <laughs> you've seen like places like in Greater Manchester, so Oldham, that have a massive spike. You've seen Leicester have a massive spike. You've seen Blackburn have some spikes and Rochdale. And obviously there's going to be other places in the UK that are going to be having more and more as the months go ahead. I just don't see it this year at all. I was playing anything. Yeah, I, I Sorry, go on. Go, go, go. I was going to say, so yeah, probably mid-January time maybe depending on depending on if we have a, a vaccine or at least something that's going to help like not cause a, like a spread I think also just to back on what you're saying there Griff, I agree in, in the principle entirely I think also it depends on how 
relevant officials manipulate the data. And I'm apologies for kind of going down a little bit of a political route, but if you know if you got the more testing and more cases, but still low number of deaths, then it's not as bad per se than when it were at the very beginning where you had a load of cases and a load of deaths. One death is one too many, but if in case you know where you see around, you know you've got like one and two deaths a day. Sometimes you get you go for a few days where there's none. So it just depends on how the officials, when I say officials, we're talking government, level, not the elite league officials or ISOC UK. Um, well, that would bring a whole new debate. That would, oh, that would do, wouldn't it? Hey, it would do, wouldn't it? Um, but it depends how they, you know, they decide to manipulate the data and, and make sense of it. It's probably better than to say manipulate because that would suggest uh, wrongdoing and I'm not. Um, so again, you know, you could have, like I say, if they look at the deaths and, and sort of ICU capacity and it's still very low with even places like Blackburn, like you mentioned, or Glasgow, or Cardiff or Coventry having spikes. It, it, yeah, it, it's just, it, there's a lot of this and buts. Yeah. It's lots of what happens if they do this, what happens if they do that, what happens if we decide that actually we need to do this, what happens if masks are mandatory everywhere you go. It's, there's a lot of questions, a lot of answers need to be found to get anything, never mind anything that resembles the Elite League. So, yeah. That, that's the ultimate thing. I mean, in terms of, the, I mean, you, you look at the numbers, as you say, and, and going on numbers at face value, you know, even if the numbers are maintained, uh, amount of people testing positive or whatever that, whatever that number may be, the deaths are going down. So we're obviously, you know, uh, it's no, it's no, it's no secret. And, and everybody can agree at least at one thing that we're at least more educated on it now than we were five months ago. From a perspective of, you know, we're now going around in shops with masks on. Everybody now knows realistically to take it seriously. Because in fairness, I, we I, we were going down to, to Cardiff and it was, you know, this illness that started in China that was just making its way over very slightly, you know, to the UK. And it was no, we, we never believed it would have had that, that much, um, you know, of a consequence on the way down to Cardiff for the Challenge Cup final. Certainly not a couple of weeks before that. It wasn't even a thing that we expected to come over to the UK at one point. It was just something making the news from China. You know, we're we're so much more educated on that now that even if people are testing positive, you know, we we may be in that better scenario to be able to deal with that so that at least the numbers dying from that are significantly reduced. But ultimately, the leagues have got to make a decision. The other thing you've got to take into account in terms of our league, bringing that back around to a hockey perspective is, whilst we may be more educated, whilst our numbers are stabilising and, and you know going in the right direction in a general sense of the word, it's not just us that we've got to think about. You know, 14 imports. That could be 14 players flying and generically speaking, the majority from Canada and the US. The US doesn't seem to really be improving in terms of numbers of deaths and and things like that and we can take the politics out of it and not attribute blame on that at all um <laughs> but you know that, that's 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 the you know it's the bottom line it's the honest truth that the numbers in the US significantly works our our hockey an elite league hockey league is still going to run on the requirement of imports and as as bad as it is to say, 
we are not going to get the sustainability from running an all-Brit league. It's not going to happen. The, the, the level isn't, isn't good enough. You're not going to generate the interest as much as you're going to generate. The hockey's, to be blunt, the hockey's going to be less interesting. Look at the reasons that people go to the elite league rather than the NIHL. Now, I appreciate it's a different story. No, but it's true. But it's true. Why, why, have the, why have the Steelers got a bigger budget than the Steel Dogs? Why, why do the Steelers generate 7,000 a game when the Steel Dogs fill out the 1,500 arena at times? I could just see the blue touch paper being lit, that's all. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> but, but the bottom line is, without those imports, we ain't going to function as a league as sustainable as we are now. No. You could do it with one year. You could go, yeah. if, if you, if you yeah. price it properly, and yes, it's less than what they would, have, they would charge normally, um, you could get away with it. And I think people understand it because they want the hockey. Yeah, yeah. I, that, that was what I was going to say. That's the only the only difference in, in respect of, and I make a bit of a harsh comparison between the Elite League and the NIHL, what Div 1 or whatever they call it now. The difference is there would be no alternative. And that's that's the other thing you, you have to look at. If you're going to say you can watch hockey with some ex-NHLers and ex-AHLers and ex-KHLers, or you can watch hockey with 99% Brits and two imports thrown in there for good measure. You're going to go, generically, unless you're one of these people that would rather watch Brits than, you know, the more entertaining hockey. You're going to go to that elite league option. If there's not that option there, then yes, it would generate more interest. But I still don't think it'll generate enough interest. And as you say, you wouldn't be able to pay, charge 15, 16, 17 quid a ticket and you wouldn't be selling six, seven thousand tickets again. Um, with regards to your, with your suggestion, Dave, some, something more Brit-run, if not completely Brit-run, the benefit of that in terms of for development of the Brits, because even taking the, the international side out for the, for the, you know, for a second, if we don't have a season, that's going to be detrimental to development of Brits, and. Let's be fair, the systems in place currently for the development of Brits isn't great. You take a year out of that, you know, we're back to square one. So that's even not even thinking about Minsk and, you know, and Riga and, and the world champs next, next year. That's, that's just solely on a development perspective. The benefit of having some kind of all Brits setup would be if the government guidelines said still no indoor sports, that kind of thing could feasibly be run or more likely to be feasibly run behind closed doors. Because some of those players would actually be willing to play just on a perspective of, I want to get myself ready in case we end up going to Minsk. Mm. Not, not the ridiculously high wages. I'm pretty sure that most rinks in the UK, if possible, would do some kind of deal if it meant developing the British sport. You know, it would be more sustainable to be able to do that behind closed doors. So I, I can see that happening just because there's a lot more logistics that would allow that to happen. It would take some join-up thinking between the leagues. Um, yeah, 100%. Just, be- just before going on the call, um, I already saw a couple of uh, NIHL2 players already slating. Um, I won't use the exact words, uh, what they said on the tweets, but uh, the, elite can, elite, the Elite League, try my teeth in, can go away and take in the Brits from there, get their own Brits. So... The level of joint up thinking to get some form of season that will help at a development across the board may be another barrier to that. But I, I think it would be the only the only way you could get some form of hockey. 
three-month season. It'll be one-off, but it'll be, it'll be different, you know. And then you're going to have the terms of people from Sheffield or people from Nottingham or people from Glasgow if they wanted to do the season, playing for their home clubs. You know, mm. we, go, we all get told, you know, the local boy and all that malarkey, what an opportunity that would be. Which I'm sure they've all, all British hockey fans will sign up for and uh, embrace. When you think about no, it, it's sarcasm there. None at all. None at all. <laughs> when you think about it, if you have a, well, you have the, the Brits part. You'll have British players that I'll probably wouldn't have even got probably a sniffing at the Elite League because of well, it's fourteen imports and then you only get what five or six, seven at the push for British players that get put on the team you're in a, you're actually showing the coaches this is why you should pick me yeah and then maybe when normality as it is comes back coaches like Fox or Finner or whoever Cardiff's coach is going to be Tamil it's going to be <laughs> the canoe say Here's what I did last season. I did everything you asked me for. Can I get another shot? And if they had put, put more than like 100% effort in, they've proved that they can't actually play at this level. They'll say, yeah, you've proved it. Yeah. Who would have thought, like what, four seasons ago, you would have had players like Kieran Long and Declan Barmer playing in the Elite League when they were playing for Basingstoke. I mean, Kieran Long played 500 games in the in the EPL EPL when it was. Like, you played How much easier much. would it be if it was still the EPL? By the way, so yeah. it's just <laughs> it's like rolls off the tongue better. Yeah, exactly. Like, but you could do 500 the... games. Sorry. Why isn't he? Why, yeah. why is he not played in the Elite League by then? And then he's finally come up. But you could, if, if you've got teams saying you're at five or ten pound, ten pound max. I think, like I said, Sheffield probably could do £5. Um, and that's how much it would cost. No concession prices. It's £10. I would suspect, you know, even Manchester, I suspect you'll get a good 1500 maybe even the, if you promote it as well as well as you could do. Maybe get the 2000 marks, you know, not even the six and a half. You know, if you've got good crowds on this this unique season, you know, I think it would, it would open a lot of hockey fans' eyes to the talent that is in the country. And that does do well under 20s and under 18s level, <clears throat> and then in, in that respect, then the, the the NIHL then have the chance to bring up the, you know the next batch of juniors mm. more than what they do now, and allow them to play. And if they were to do, you know, again when I said the join up thinking, if, if they then had the price down and, and let's use Sheffield for example, and had the, the dogs and the steels at different times and days, so that you know fans, if we work together and get fans at all games, <clears throat> and you know same with different clubs like Manchester, um, is it? Oh, shit, I, is, it, is it the Aces? You yeah, NHL team. Aces. Um, you know, you've got the, not, the the Panthers and the Lions. You've got um, Cardiff, the Devils in the Fire. You've got, you know, the the teams in Scotland and the SNL. You've, you had all that working together. You tell me run out of teams then. <laughs> I can remember, I can remember there's, there's the Kestrels, Dundee Comets and Dundee something else. They've got where, two is, where, does, where does Klagenfurt fit in that? Klagenfurt oh, don't sorry. fit in there. Damn it. 
We're not talking about the CHL or European hockey. Your, your time will come when you can say that. Um, again. Yeah, about so, uh, Yeah. Um, so, if, you know, if you had all that work, you know, joint thinking and everything, you know, like, I mean, the, the classic example I would use is, is cricket. You've got no overseas players. You, even the Colpack players can't get over, predominantly because they're South African and they're even more strict on their fire sixes. So all the counties are using their youngsters to fill the gaps. And the reports you then see now after each round, you see names that you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily see had the overseas players and the Colpack players be playing for them for the respective counties. So it's gathered there. You now have a pool of players for the for the test side and the one day side that's gone from about 30, 40 to potentially 60, 70. All because they've used this opportunity to blood the youngsters because the overseas players weren't available. So you know, if, if, yeah. if, if cricket can do it, yes, it's more of a it's more of a sport in the conscience of the country. But the principle and the system behind it, if they could do it, I think hockey could do it. It's just if hockey wants to do it. We've spoken numerous times on this podcast about the need to develop Brits. In particular, goalie, goalies, netminders. And this may just be the push in that direction. So actually, if we could turn something positive in the most you know, vague sense of the word just in terms of not wanting to turn, you know, the the the, the negatives from COVID into a positive. But if, if we could to, if we could salvage some kind of positive out of it from a hockey perspective, you know, at least we've got somewhere to go moving forward. And then moving forward to the next thing that I actually wanted to ask you guys. Um and, and Gref and I spoke briefly about this just before you came on, Dave. Um, and I've seen it all over Facebook and things like that of the the plausibility of the 2021-22 season if the 2020-21 um, season doesn't go ahead. Of do we think that there will be some teams that fold as a result of not having 12 months of hockey or 18 months of hockey by that point? No. And the reason I say that is I think teams will will start jumping on the, the online raffle and 50-50 bandwagon. Um, I, think... I got trolled by my own team. You did, yeah. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that very slightly. Uh, not the, the trolling, but that part of it all. But I think if all teams did that, um, and, you know, even let's just say five, for example, and I'm not using them as a, as a negative example, but if they was to get 400 quid a week, or even 200 pound a week, over 10 months of no hockey, but that just accrued over the time. They would have one heck of a budget to actually start the season on a footing with the rest of the league. And there's no complaints because they've actually got this money that's come in. They've not had any outlays. They've not had to pay for staff because, I'll, I'll, you know, maybe maybe handful of staff. So, you know, teams will do that. Manchester have started doing it. I know Dundee have done it quite frequently. Um, Nottingham have started doing it. They've been getting quite funky with how they've done the raffles and that. Uh, Cardiff have been getting rid of some stock through raffles. Again, unique. Um, I think it's only realistically... Belfast? Coventry, Glasgow, Glasgow have been. Guildford. I think they're the only ones... Uh, and apologies if I've got it wrong, who have not done a raffle yet online. Uh, it's rumoured that Sheffield have done a raffle. 
Um, I've not seen that posted anywhere. Never seen a tweet or anything. No comment. No. But you know, if teams do this and bring the revenue in, you know, if they, even... if they could bring two hundred pound a week in, like you said, just run it off, run the numbers. They could bring two hundred pound a week in over a twelve-month period. That would give them just shy of ten grand, like nine thousand six hundred pound. If you can make that four hundred, that doubles. That becomes nearly nineteen. Well, that would pay for your ICT, no, ITC cards. Yeah. That would, that would pay for your ITC cards. But what, but what did Sheffield bring in though? Well, I mean, they obviously like it's it's very, it's it's not necessarily publicised to the nines in terms of how much they've raised per so, raffle. But they did a fifty-fifty. What what was the so, prize so, for that fifty-fifty? So when I've when I've had a go on the shirt raffles, they've had a maximum of two thousand tickets. The the company that do it take ten percent of that. So each one they've done has been roughly, and if anybody does this or got it wrong, I apologise. I'll accept Billy's status straight up. Um, however, I'm guesstimating it's between 1500 and 1800 uh, a shirt raffle. Without the the, the sell point of 6,500 people inside where you can't go anywhere, that's a damn good job. Yeah. You know, yesterday they, they tweeted every 20 seconds, and it was a bit OT. OT over the top and yes they can say we have figures and all this and I think it's rubbish um, but they've got the job done they've got the money in and that's the, the end at the end of the day that's what they have to do um, so the shirt raffle the, the 5050 it was two let's just say 2400 so that's 4800 um, that's then 480 taken off so two thousand. so it's probably around the 2000 mark that they'll bring in tax free you know you have two of them a month when there's no spend. That's going to keep teams afloat. And that's what we should be doing. All teams should be doing something. Because it also engages the fans. Yeah. It, it keeps the fans interested. It keeps reminding them that there's a, there's a team that they support. But I think, I, think that's the other, I think that's the other side. To kind of veer off just slightly from the, the financial side, that's the other part that's kind of wound me up slightly in terms of how Sheffield have been doing it, is you say it's that interaction with the fans, it's reminding fans that they've got a team to support. You've got to know where that line is. I mean, there's no hockey going, and I appreciate there's nothing to tweet about. But honestly, I mean, I had no, I've turned them off now. I had notifications on my phone for Steelers tweets, just in, just, just for general news and things like that. Half the time, I just cleared them off my home screen, but it, it made it easier. Apologies hiccups made it easier to, to spot any news that was coming through on the odd occasion that we didn't tweet it out at 5am or 6am or whatever. But it, it's just that there's one thing of knowing you need to keep relevant, stay relevant and knowing you need to find that cash influx and reminding people we're still here and we're not just gone into hiding during this period. But then there's trying to cling to being as relevant as you are when the season's on. There's this kind of like, oh, I have to tweet every second so that everybody's timeline is spammed full of it. And I think there becomes a line when you reach that where actually you just go, actually, do you know what? I'm now not going to buy a ticket because I'm fed up with just seeing this on my timeline. I think there's like a, a project I did years ago and, and someone said something, and it's always stuck in my head, is if, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you always got. And... With all the changes with furlough, it just seemed to be that we went back three years with 
an unnamed individual having the free reign to tweet um, a million and one things uh, games against Nottingham um, and just a level of constant tweet and posts which do you know what folk don't want and the but problem he... is the problem is I've seen and I've seen it on another, another club as well let's, let's name them Nottingham um, I would call that by them as well somewhere. <laughs> you know that is your team anyway, Panther Joe. I'm going to say that's true, yeah. Um, so just just for mentions on TV, we are looking elsewhere um, and not just praising ourselves. Um, it's the, the, the it's a negative interaction. In some We're times, slating ourselves. <laughs> they'll still think it's put po- po- positive, won't they? Um, you, you <laughs> what have. Is, what is it? Any news? Is, any any PR is good PR. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's kind of a, you know it's it, what used to do before you know social media was taken seriously as in this is a, a tool that will bring you x amount of pounds if you do it properly yeah now yes you can get people that you know to be the cheerleaders and all that and and tweet in support and yeah that happens and, and fine but you've got to know your fan base you've got to know your audience you've got to know actually what makes them tick what gets them engaged more is it a million and one tweets of highlights of a goals against one particular team or is it information that spreads across the whole lot? You know, teams that have done the, that have got, you know, players involved in conversations about, you know, like using Sheffield, for example, the the videos they did with uh, Hewitt and Tomo. That was a um, great idea. Which great was superb. The, the GB one against the, the F word, where they got different members of the GB program involved. Um, and it was all about talking from how that day went from their perspective and not just about the game, although the game was played in the background, you know, that kind of stuff and that kind of material would be, you know, superb to do. And I know Sheffield did a couple of things. They did, Sheffield did the, the all time elite league team. Yeah. I think it was just elite team where they got, um, it was Dave Sims, Seth Bennett and John Fernley. Superb. Absolutely fantastic in respect of simple idea engaged because, you know, we, we, in fact, Myself, you and Andy was of, I want to pick that player. I'd have picked him. I'd have picked him, but I want to pick him. You know, in that type of engagement... Dustin Cone. Yeah, you know, it's, it's that kind of... Something simple that just worked. But yeah. teams have kind of... Some teams, and the two with name in particular, have gone over the top and they just need to chill out. You know, it's, it's, no, it's, 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 there's too much to worry about. And we don't need as hockey clubs just tweeting a million times a day. It's just passively aggressively tweeting at each other as well half the time. It's like this that looks like Steelers tweeting I mean this isn't actually directed at Nottingham, but oh let's let's watch that, that Michael Davies game winning goal against Cardiff again for the challenge goal. Let's watch Guillaume Debien's goal against the Panthers that put us through to the playoffs ten years ago that apparent I know it's not ten years ago, that apparently Steelers or Steelers fans automatically say that Debien's rocketed to the best hero in the club because he got us to the playoff weekend. Like let you know and then we went from that extreme to let's have a flashback to Josh Pitt. Which if ever there has been a physical depiction of scraping the barrel, that was it. That was it. Just that bit there. But do you know what? There's no tweeting. This is the thing that I don't even really get. There's no tweeting, let's remember the Gertz and Tafata goal as much. We don't get, let's remember the Levi Nelson goal. We don't get, let's go back 10 years. Let's let's remember the goal that Tomo scored that put us through to the playoffs or whatever it, whatever it is. 
for Steve Mungold that took everybody by surprise with a, for once of a better word, a half-arse slap shot from the from the blue line that made it through in the playoff final all those years ago. There's, there's none of that. 90% of it is just, let's rough up the new Cardiff fans that can remember the Challenge Cup game and then the Panthers fans. And the Panthers have done the exact same thing. And we're veering off onto social media and I appreciate that. But, um, you know, I, this is where I got called out and I'll hold my hands up on this because they tweeted a video of Brett Henley absolutely, absolutely pummeling um, Tim Spencer. And they tweeted, oh yeah, he shows him the ropes and all this kind of stuff. He literally came in from the bench or the penalty box or wherever it was, I think it was a penalty box, jumped him and Spencer was down on the ice still with his gloves and his stick in his hand. If, if that's not just to get a reaction, because that isn't showing the ropes and, and we're not snowflakes on this podcast, we'd all like to see hockey return to the fighting and the physical side that, that it used to be. But that's not hockey. That, 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 was a, that was a guy who was the tough guy branded on a team, fighting the other team's tough guy and knowing that if he does things properly and drops his gloves at centre ice, he might get a piece in for it. But, yeah, I, I tweeted him back and said that I, I memory served me that Brett Henley was sacked mid-season and they tweeted me back telling me I was wrong. Apparently, well, I, I was getting it mixed up with Alex Pennant, but um, anyhow. Well, that was just irresponsible behaviour from you then, weren't it, Joe? Yeah, very irresponsible, mate. Very irresponsible. The thing was, they couldn't dispute the rest of the tweet. Couldn't dispute the rest of the tweet. But yeah, anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll move back away from social media. We'll move back, back to the like the feasibility side of things if, if there isn't a season. Can the, I mean, I, I agree with you, Dave, that I, I think there's not going to be that much of a financial impact in terms of there's no outgoings or there's minimal outgoings. And if we can, as you say, continue these raffles and, and do those across the league and across the teams, then Sam, you know, we at that point, we should be able to minimise the outgoings. Yes, there's no incomings other than what's coming in on those raffles, but there shouldn't be any reason that a team goes into the 2021-22 season in a worse financial position than they're in now, because there's, there's not that outgoing. They're not paying rent fees, they're not paying visas, they're not paying wages. No, they're, they're, some teams have, have, have led the way, and Sheffield you know, did start the whole raffle thing off and yeah we've 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 kind of poked the bear in the cage on about how many times in it but they start the trend so teams don't have an excuse um just jump on the bandwagon you know engage your fan base get them buying tickets and come the start of the brand new season of 21 22 you know stability will be there and like i say if if slice of five could could rattle a few hundred and, and get a pot of money that would pay for their ITC cards, ITC cards before even touching a single penny of season ticket money. Happy days. Yeah, they can, well, you know they can then be competitive. You know, like some Manchester. Oh, and I'm only just using Manchester for the perspective of the uh, attendance capacity. But if they had the same thing, bang, there you go. Let's get you know 12 people without even thinking of using a penny from season ticket funds. That's going to get us to sixth place and make the playoffs. Yep. But the stability there, done dusted. That's your only outgoing, isn't it, really? Is if, if, if let's say the Steelers have sold 2,000 season tickets and the season doesn't go ahead, then, you know, how it's, that's the question is then how do they continue? Do they have to refund everybody's payments? Do they say to people, we'll lock it in so that you still pay your season ticket and then you get a season ticket for the following season? 
and then there'll be no increase in price. It's, it's you know, that's the thing that they've got to weigh up. That could be the potential hefty outgoing is paying that. But it'd be logical if they did that. Yeah. It would make it would be logical in terms of you know, some people may want the money back without knowing everyone's circumstances. It would you know, some people needed, you know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, just, I mean, I know you're seeing to get older, Joe, and I'm the same. And in our household, you know, you're talking, you know, seven, eight hundred pound. Now, I'm saying this is not in a bragging sense, but if they wanted to keep the money for the following year, so not the season that we should be having, but the year after, I'm in a capacity to be able to do that. You yeah. know, not all of us are on the fifty thousand pound a year uh, jobs, Joseph. So you know, you can you know, talk about spending money like this tomorrow. That's your gig, mate. I'll, you know, I'll skimp and save, mate. Um, well, I love we got fifty thousand. <laughs> I wish I was on fifty thousand a year. <laughs> you know, you're the one who's you're the one who's funded the podcast. Um, but no, jokes aside. The free run podcast. <laughs> but jokes no aside. No Skype fees. You know, I, I'm as an individual looking to be able to do that, but there's many money, many, many others who may not be. And yeah. if they need it, you know, they should have the right to, without, you know, time delay, get the money back. So it's probably the only thing they will have, the Cubs will have to do. Um, I've seen a few people that have said it's irresponsible that teams are still selling season tickets. Um, I disagree on that one. Um no, 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 it wasn't like. Um, Sorry, just I heard irresponsible. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's, it's, I think that's the only thing, like you, like you mentioned, it's the only thing that could be, is that if t- people want the money back, um, you've also got the league still wanting, still holding money for the Magic Five. That was the playoff weekend. Um, that's, that's the only you're only outgoing. So if teams can work that out quickly, I, I think it'll be you'll see a lot of ease. Of teams being stable come 21-22. I was going to say, bring it back to the the tweets of uh, obviously 50-50 and as such. What also would probably be good for to happen is, as much as you might dislike a team, you put that aside just to try and help you have your all your clubs in for next season. Like for example. Not many people actually was buying Dundee Stars 50-50 tickets until a certain amount of people were like, "Get, come on team, come on like, come on guys, we need to help this team out. We need this team in the season for next year." Like, if everyone can do that, then yeah, brilliant. Not obviously not everyone can do it, but there was there was a particular there was a particular there was a particular Twitter personality that was. Uh, pushing the Dundee raffles very well um, and you yeah, know that that would be that'd be good if you know if they spread the dates out when pe- teams were drawing stuff you know right you know you, you may get some fans that will help that team and then some other fans will help that team you know I, I know a couple of Sheffield folk who won the 50-50 Dundee so but I helped them you know I think they've got their average around £320 I think over the course of the, the sales have done so that's the other thing you've got to realise if you've got a Sheffield 50-50 that's, that's grabbing 2,000 people buying the tickets and you've got a Dundee 50-50 that's turning out a £300 prize that means 600 people are buying tickets for Dundee if Sheffield's, if Sheffield's prize is 1,000, 1,500 or Nottingham's prize is 1,500 that means 3,000 people are buying tickets your odds of winning, granted you stand to win less than you stand to win if you enter the Nottingham one or the Sheffield one but your odds of winning are a bloody lot better. Of course. And that and that's the other thing that people that you know 
that I don't think people look at. You just look at the team, and I think I think we need to draw a line under what team it is. It, the other option would be for it to become a league run thing, where instead of having each team saying we're running a 50-50 this week, we're running a 50-50, you have the league saying we're running a 50-50, no other teams are doing it, we're going to run this 50-50, and each week that we run the 50-50, the money in the pot is going to go to a different elite league team, and you run it on a rotor so that the amounts go to each team. Or maybe you just had a month of elite league 50-50s, yeah, and that pot goes to the teams that require it. So let's call it um, an emergency fund. And I'm not saying as emergencies within the league, but they, you go, you got a pot of money that's not been touched from anywhere. It's not the magic five weekend money. Um, it goes right. Okay, we, we could do this just to help bridge that gap. So on it so could forth. also be used to refund the magic five money if the magic five don't go ahead. Because that's that's going to be a big hit if the, if that, the magic. It is, but I think. If I read correctly, that is held in a separate bank account, and I think that has also been held by the arena. Um, Fair play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, however, it would still make a dent in the bank balance in terms of they'll have projected that money to fund referee courses, to fund uh, further progression and development of the league um, on and off the ice. Um, so, yeah, if they, you know, they, they did that, and they, you know, they, they did it where all fan bases and all teams actually got behind it and and pushed it and promoted it. And you could, you know, let's say you could win four or five thousand pounds. Yeah. If you could, if you got that win this this time of year, any time of year in fairness, but especially this year, my God, how good would that be? Yeah. Especially if you, let's say, you've been a family that's been on furlough for three or four months, and your income's been, you know, you've lost a fair chunk of income. You know, it's it's gold dust in in that respect. You know. As long as you're not using money that you should be using to make sure you, you cover everything, but that should be gold for folks. So yeah. it's something that you know even the league could consider. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, gents, I'm looking at the timings, and in fairness, we we are just prior to the hour mark. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, uh, do we have any any additional things that we want to add, or are we happy to uh, to to draw a line, or draw a line under what we've said, I think in fairness we've covered off pretty much what we had to say. But does any, anybody else have anything to, to add, or are we good to move? Good to move for me. I think we've covered the the COVID situation uh, in depth. Oh, yeah, I think I think it probably helps us doing this, hasn't it? Because I, th- I think the chances of us mentioning COVID on a week by week basis, had we not actually just covered off what we think, um, yeah, we're, we're quite strong and. Uh, yeah, I think it's been good to actually be able to sit down and discuss the possibilities and things like that. We, we, we actually, we'll say this, we actually didn't plan on, on talking about COVID. I think the uh, the Conti Cup news actually prompted us to change the agenda for tonight um, because of the, the uncertainties. It could be tomorrow that we get told that there's going to be no league. It could be in three months' time. We could be told that there is going to be a league. We don't know. But we figured if there is a potentially impending decision from the league, then it, that would just nullify any discussion that we've got over it. So we figured to interject it now. Um, as we said before, just to, just to cap off then, in fairness, you know, we're going to start doing some more written things. So keep an eye out on Facebook and, and Twitter, Twitter at the moment. We are also, I believe, gents, we're going to try and put this out by a video as well as doing it by audio, just, just to keep that live kind of feel going. But we are going to be going back to pre-recorded podcasts now as well. Um, there were, I think, for a start, there were too many tech issues that we were that we were facing with the live podcast. And as I say, I didn't get around to put posting out the last one, so apologies for that. Um, 
so yeah keep an eye out on our on our social media it's my fantasy zamboni podcast on facebook it's at mfz podcast on twitter and it's at mfz podcast on instagram am i right on that because i always forget the instagram i believe you are yes it doesn't matter that i created it i still forget it <laughs> you, you're expecting much aren't you Griff, there aren't you um, I mean, I know we'll put the link to the the blog through them channels. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to be, and I'm not saying cause it was my idea, but I think it's going to be a good addition to yeah. what we produce. I know it kind of flirts us into the, the domain of blog spurts, but it's going to a reduce the time of these. You know, we're down to around a minute, an hour and five, roughly. Um, and you're going to give us for the chance to delve into topics without fear of going, you know well into midnight 1am that we used to on a Thursday night so yeah, we'll put, we'll put the link how, yeah you know without any NHL at that time unless you're a West Coast fan um, it went good so you know Which we're going to get that exactly yeah. <laughs> um, I tell you it's funny I was complaining about 1am face off and I got told off by my friend who's a Vancouver fan he's like here you East Coast fans imagine being you know your regular home times 3am shut up whinging I'm like okay um, so we'll put that on the on the social media fronts um I think you'll enjoy it. I think you'll you'll. I'm looking forward to Andy's first piece. Mm. He, he he can put an article together. I've seen some of his work. That'll be good. That'll be good reading that. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. We we also figured that it had stopped the discussions where we all just kind of. That there are there are certain topics that we've covered in the past. I think where we've all kind of agreed because it's not been as contentious an issue. And in fairness, I think we've probably duplicated across the four of us saying the same thing. So. It should also help us to nip that in the bud, keep the content more interesting that we're doing on these podcasts. And also, hopefully, more people will find it bearable to listen to us for an hour rather than uh, two and a half. So, um, But, yeah, keep your eyes out as Stasis. We'll be sharing out the, the blog. Um, I will share out the YouTube as well once we put this on, on YouTube. And, obviously, we'll post it on the Facebook as well. Um, so, yeah, just keep your eyes peeled. And, gents, thank you very much for today. In fairness, it's been nice to keep us to an hour and not drive into the, uh, the early hours. It's been nice to get three quarters of the band together again. This is um, true. Yeah, you know, it's a shame Andy's uh, with a healthy scratch, but yes, uh, it is. Yeah. Well, when we have him back, it'll be all the fun of the fair, no doubt. And we need to get we'll Stafford stories. And we get to, well. we need Stafford stories. We'll get the, we'll get to talk about the NHL because I think we should be talking about the NHL. I um, strongly disagree. Um, I don't I don't know why. I don't know why, mate. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, but no, say nothing. Yeah, in fairness, but yeah. We will say, when it comes to NHL, we actually did have a little discussion between ourselves on a messenger group about um, who we thought was going to progress on the last round. Um, we did not collectively as a group do particularly well, so I'm kind of happy now that we didn't actually publicise that. Uh, <laughs> I think it's fair to say that they it very much was the MFZ way and getting it completely yeah. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly that exactly that that's the one thing in fairness with, with having lockdown and not having any hockey we've not got any predictions wrong for a long time Try record anyway gents I think, I think it's time to call it a night there so um, Gref thank you very much pal um, hope that you're allowed to go out soon and that it stops raining in Manchester well we know that's not going to happen hey, the, yeah. the rain that is anyway and then <laughs> we'll, find, we'll find out on Friday if I can actually interact with people well, anyway, thanks for having me, and thanks to anyone that's been listening. Pleasure as always, mate. Pleasure as always. And Dave, thank you very much, pal. We're we're allowed to freely roam the streets, which is quite scary as long as we've got a mask on. So, not the same boat as Gref, but do, do we want Gref to interact with people? That's my concern. 
The thing is, what I don't know, if he wears a mask, <laughs> how do people know it's the two plus wonder? I'm going to say it covers up his best assets. Um, but uh, back on to uh, thank you very much Joe Greff uh, thank you very much and to everyone listening and remembering how much rubbish we talk thank you very much for listening yeah thank you very much um, give us some feedback on what you think to the, to the shorter podcast as well and uh, and some feedback eventually on what you think to the blogs um, anything that everybody says to us in fairness we take on board um, we want to build this to be as interesting for everybody as we can so any feedback is greatly appreciated as well uh, but yeah, thank you very much for everybody listening. Another episode of My Fancy Down Voting.